Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Melvin Gordon has signed to the Chiefs practice squad. He was obviously released by the Broncos due to many a fumble this season, uh, which has kind of been his his slip-up. But I think... I mean, we've got a good one. He's 29 in his eighth season, two-time pro bowler. His numbers are great, minus those fumbles. Um, he seems to be maybe like there for insurance, right, Nick? What do we what do we think I about think this? So. I think so. Like he's it's important to know, like you said, he's signed to the practice squad. He's not practice signed squad. to the active roster. So correct. He's not gonna be playing this Sunday versus the Bengals. But when you just take a look at what's taken place with the Chiefs running back over the last week. So Clyde goes to the IR. He's out for at least the next three weeks. Could be longer than that. Ronald Jones, who had sort of been in purgatory all year, he asked for a release seemingly on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and then all of a sudden, boom, Clyde gets injured. He's on the active roster, and he's playing. Yeah. Week against the Rams. All that. So I don't think there's any... I wouldn't imagine there's any immediate intent on calling up Melvin Gordon, but I think what you probably do is you get him on the practice squad, See what you like there. Here's the thing you have to remember about like the fumbles and stuff, because they've been an issue, not just this year, Caleb, but his entire career. Mm -hmm. He's got five, like this has been the worst. He's got five in 90 carries this year. So quick math. That's one fumble every 18 carries. You're good at math, Nick. (laughs) That's not great. That's not great. So I would imagine like that is, it's going to be on the chief's coaching staff mind, but I think we on the outside have a tendency to look back on all those fumbles and say, oh, don't ever play him. He fumbles too much. You can't play him. He can't have a role on this team. You can't have him costing you a game. But I don't think Andy Reid and this coaching staff really care about what happened when you were outside of this building. They're going to get you in a chief's helmet, put you on the practice field. And if they like what they see, they're not going to go, oh, but he used to fumble for the other team. So now we're not going to play him. That's not how it works. I don't think coaches really rely upon what used to happen when you were with another team. They say, no, this is what we do here. This is what we want you to do for us. If we think you can do it well for us, I'm not going to concern myself with what you were doing 500 miles west of here. So I wouldn't be shocked if he has some sort of a role late in the season. If it's, you know, goal line back, I think people forget that, you know, especially when he was with the chargers early in his career, this guy was a really really good pass catching back. Like he had a couple of seasons where he was catching North of 40, 50 passes a game. So he's a versatile running back. He does have the fumbling issues, but ultimately I think this isn't, you're not signing Melvin Gordon. If you have Clyde healthy, right? You're not, you're not carrying an extra running back just for the hell of it. But I think Andy Reid and Brett Veach have been really good about this is they're going to turn over every stone. And if they think you've got a little bit of gas left in the tank, and they think you can help them even in a minuscule way. It's an arms race, specifically in the AFC. 
right? That's why that's why you have all these teams going after Odell Beckham Jr. That's why, any, that's why Kadarius Tony all of a sudden was sort of an interesting move because you understand that a lot of teams made moves in the offseason to bring in talent. And the Chiefs sort of stood pat. And now it's just the point of, we like our team. We're already the Super Bowl favorite. We're already the best team in the NFL. But if we can just get 1% better, if this guy can help us in one game, if he can help us on one series in a postseason, get us one touchdown, then it's worth it. Even if he doesn't play a massive role on your team. First thing, as it pertains to those fumbles, we need to get him that like tar stuff and little giants. Stick even though that's highly illegal. Yes. What was it called? And it was stick them. That's they used to stick use them. them. Yeah. Like they was oh, just, did they? Yeah. Before they had gloves, they would use stick them. Yeah. It's well, like, cause the gloves are sticky. Like, yeah. why are we fumbling the ball? Melvin? Well, um, Gary, do you want to hear it? Okay. Yes. So he's just oh, playing for the wrong AFC West teams. Well, maybe that's it too, because now he's got his three of four card filled out and he just needs to play for the Raiders to complete. <laughs> well, I'm convinced that Melvin Gordon Beefy guy, right? 6'1", 215. He's jacked. And they always they always show you on technique when you're running the ball, you've got to get it like kind of stuck in that pocket in your elbow. Oh, is he too jacked? He is like cartoonishly strong. And I'm convinced that because his biceps are so big that he can't get that ball tucked away in those elbows. It's just bouncing off his massive muscles. <laughs> and, that, and that doesn't give him the ability to properly secure the ball. So I think you get him into Kansas city, you get him on a new nutritional plan. He may be slimming down a little bit, maybe cutting back on the carbs, hitting a little more cardio bench press. Yeah. He just, yeah, exactly. You got to keep him away from the dumbbells. You got to keep him away from the easy curl bar. Let him slim down a little bit. And maybe that can improve his form to where the fumbles don't become such an issue. It is possible to be too jacked. Um, (laughs) And to, it is to the point of coming into this team. Like, I think there's something about, first of all, I have all the faith as we've said in Brett Veach. And I think he has a knack for finding players and turning them into stars. Um, and I think that's what can happen with Melvin here. I'd love to see him if he, you know, gets bumped up to the active roster and makes some big plays. I think there's something special about this team, this organization that we've talked about it before, how players, tend to play up when they come to this organization. Yeah. And I want to, and like there have been cases in the past where the chiefs have brought in running backs. Like Le'Veon Bell is an example that, that people want to point out by the time the chiefs brought in Le'Veon Bell, he had already set out the season with the Steelers for the contract and he got to the jets and he was a noticeably, noticeably worse running back. Now, you're not asking him to come in and be a starting running back. You're not asking him to come in and carry the ball 15, 20 times a game. If he ever plays a role on your team, it's going to be a very specific role, whether that Mm -hmm. is pass catching situations, whether that is goal line situations. You're not going to be asking for a ton from this guy. And I know a lot of people will point to LaShawn McCoy, who didn't, didn't do a ton for the Chiefs, but... He had 100 carries, 465 yards, and four touchdowns. Fun while it lasted. Yeah, he just didn't play in the postseason. By the time the postseason came along, they turned to Damian Williams, and we know how that turned out. So it's not to say that, like, just because he doesn't play a vital role in the postseason doesn't mean guys can't play substantial roles on you to get to the postseason. And if I told you 
that Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon are going to be 10% fresher because they took X amount of less carries during the regular season because of Melvin Gordon. Would that not be a positive thing if you've got these guys just a little bit fresher for the postseason run because you didn't ask them to do so much during the regular season? I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. By the way, I didn't get to say this on the Monday pod. Pacheco, Sunday's game. Oh, yeah. It's great. I called that on the on the podcast on last Wednesday. Was he your prediction? Was that your prediction? That yes. He's going to have a big game? I said he's going to have a big game. He's going to find the end zone. I also said that for Juju. Juju didn't have as big of a game, but you know what? You go back and you look at the receiving numbers for that game. Travis Kelsey was the leading receiver with like 54 yards. Yeah, it was a weird game. Did 10 guys catch passes. That's why now I'm to the point. I don't care about the individual production of any of the receivers because I'm now believing Mahomes when he said before the year, it's going to be a different guy every single game. They utilize more players in their passing attack than anybody in the league. And guess what? It's the best passing attack in the NFL. So I'm done caring about how many receiving yards this guy got or that guy got. As long as Mahomes is getting his, which he did 320 yards again this weekend, uh, that's all that really matters. Quick um, check in with you. Are you done caring about no longer having Tyreek? <laughs> yeah. Because that doesn't happen without Tyreek. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. With like, Tyreek. You, I'm not necessarily saying that this offense is better than it ever was when you had Tyreek. It's just different. And I think it's important for teams in the NFL. You have to evolve. You have to change. You cannot just be the same version of yourselves forever because mm-hmm. the rest of the NFL is changing. You have and they're going to gonna catch on. Yeah. These guys are too good. These defensive coordinators, like they've seen too much to be like, nobody's arrogant enough to think that we can just do this every single year. Nobody will ever figure it out. And we'll just win every game. That's never going to happen. The league started to evolve. And I think for whatever reason, like having those two guys, Kelsey and Hill just forced Mahomes to think, well, okay, at the end of the day, I'm always going to throw to one of those two guys. Kelsey's still getting his and maybe better than he's ever been before. But now Mahomes has, has evolved and he's grown his game. And I mean, the proof's in the pudding. He's going to run away with this MVP award. Exactly. Stop trying to make it happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I had to get that. And I'm so sorry. That's the first Mean Girls quote <laughs> I've done. Say, yeah. okay, I got that. Hey, one. Nick. Wow. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of myself. I think it's one of the most quotable movies. Anyway, we're going to move on now. Um, Several Chiefs players are in contract years and playing well this year. As we know, Chris Jones killing it. Juju, Legereus Sneed. Will the Chiefs try to re-sign all of them this offseason, Nick? Well, I think let's just start with the ones we know, okay? If we're, if we're going in a, in a pecking order here, Chris Jones is on an island by himself. Yep. He is the one guy that you know you're getting a deal done with. I'm not even going to say try. I'm gonna, you, you're, you're re-signing Chris Jones. The only question is how much money is it going to be for and how many years? Mm -hmm. I would say at a minimum, you are getting a two-year extension done with Chris Jones. I mean, you're probably paying, I mean, right now his cap hit for next year is like $28 million. He he making about, yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, And so I would imagine you're paying upwards of $22 million over the course of two years to keep him around. And I don't think there's one single Chiefs fan who would complain about that. I know I you're on board with Chris Jones, right? I'm on board. Yes. I'm on board with Chris. You have to. I mean, he is he, one of the five most dominant players in the NFL this year, defensively. Maybe you one know? day he'll come on this podcast. 
Are we still holding out hope? <laughs> I don't know. I might be giving up. No, no, don't give up yet. Don't give up yet. Maybe he'll come on after he resigns his there we go. contract extension. So he's the guy you know you're keeping around. So then it comes down to how much money is Juju Smith-Schuster going to command on the open market? We've talked ad nauseum uh, about how weak the wide receiver market is. So he's going to go out and see what offers are there. I do think ultimately, like the Chiefs are going to have a good bargaining chip in that, hey, we're the Chiefs, right? Things were pretty cool this year. You're the number one here, and you have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. Like You're going to have a major role for a Super Bowl contender as long as you're here. So I think that'll be a big bargaining chip. What's what's interesting about LeJarius Sneed is that he's not what you think of when you think of like the best cornerbacks in the NFL, because when you think of the best cornerbacks, you think of shut down corners who you put on an island and you just shut down the opposing team's number one wide receiver. But that's not how they use him. They use him all over the field. They use him blitzing. He's great in coverage, but they also use him getting after the quarterback. I think he's got, what, four and a half sacks this year. I think second on the team behind Chris Jones. He is top five in the NFL in forced fumbles this year. He's basically like a coverage linebacker who can also play cornerback. And I think that's so important in Steve Spagnuolo's defense. Bags likes to keep teams guessing. He likes to move guys around and have them do different things, all these different exotic, surprising blitz packages. And Sneed is so good at that. So I'm not sure he's as valuable to other teams as he is to the Chiefs. I don't think he's going to ask for you know $18 million, which I think would be like at the top of the cornerback market. But I think that they're going to try to. I really do think they're going to try to. The question comes down to money. Like, yeah. do you actually have the money to resign all of these guys? Thank God I'm not in charge of that. Um, Nick, if you could only keep two, who do you let go? I feel like you kind of alluded to it, but this is okay. I'm going to make you answer this too, because this is <laughs> you're putting me on the spot. Um, well, I know Chris, like I said, Chris is Chris Jones is the one Chris is in. I think I'm going to say. Juju only because there's just no wide receivers out there. Mm -hmm. And if you don't resign Juju, then who's your number one wide receiver next year? Like we know MVS has such a specific role that he's not that. Yeah. I haven't seen enough from sky, obviously to, to think that he can take over that number one role. Um, Nicole might not be here. I was like, are you going to go into next season with Kadarius Tony being your number one? He's got one good game for the chiefs. He's been injured, but like, that's a part of the equation as well. Juju is tailor-made for this offense. Mm -hmm. We know how good he is in this offense. Meanwhile, if I let Snead walk, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like super concerned going into next year with Trent McDuffie as the number one cornerback. I think it may not be the same. Like he may not be able to do all the things that Snead can do. But if you're just telling me I need a number one cornerback or I need a number one wide receiver, I think Snead would be easier to replace than Juju would. So I think I would try to keep Jones and Juju and let Snead walk if it came down to that. Okay. What about you? Don't even try to change the subject. You got to answer that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going in the same exact direction. Okay. Uh, Chris Jones, you've got to keep him. We know how much I love Juju. And as you said, who else is it going to be um, with Snead? Great job. Yes, he's good. Um, but the fact that we have so many young guys at cornerback right now, I'm 
confident that yeah we'll do well. well that's uh, the beauty of position. That's the beauty of this draft class, right? You drafted three cornerbacks who may not they may not all be like long term pieces for you, but they've shown that they can be rotational players. You got that all three of those guys in one draft class. You don't have that same depth at wide receiver. And I haven't heard Legereus Sneed say how much he wants to be here next season like Juju did. So. All right. Well, maybe this will get back to him and he'll say, hey, guys, I want to be here too, just in case anybody was wondering. 